0: Hey, everyone. We have a few audio issues in this episode. Thank you for being patient as we continue to figure everything out. Now on with this week's show. Hello? Hey, Dusty. How are you?
1: I'm tired. Tired of being admired. (laughs) Tired of playing the game. Let's face it, I'm not a (laughs) wabbit. Is this special for Easter? They're always coming and going and going and coming and always too soon. I don't know what this is from. Oh my God, put it on your list. (laughs) (laughs) I Really, really, what is it from? You have to tell me. Madeline Kahn, Blazing Saddles. You know, I never
0: really watched that show. I think because I was
1: young when it
0: actually came out. And so it was probably inappropriate
1: for me. <laughs> it's not inappropriate. <laughs> Is that a 10 gallon hat of you just enjoying the show? <laughs> okay, so that's our cold opening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's impressive.
1: (laughs) I'm Brenda. And I'm Dusty. And this is I'm Afraid to Ask. Where each week we ask one another simple questions and big questions. She's 54. He's 32. And after 10 years of friendship, we have so much to learn from each other.
0: Through nuance, insight, laughter, and tears.
1: So what are we going to learn this week?
0: (laughs) Oh, no, Dusty. I'm afraid to ask.
1: (laughs) Hey, Brenda. So are you ready for this week's episode?
0: Oh, I am so excited about this week's episode.
1: I was really enthusiastic. Um like, <laughs> Are you being sarcastic or were you... Does the sun shine? Um <laughs> I am excited. I know I am I excited. I know you are excited. You are excited. Okay, so uh just to give everybody a preview, we're gonna do this week, we're gonna start off with a pop quiz, and Ooh. then we're gonna go to our big Q, and then end with my favorite segment, which is I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me. So uh Brenda, do you wanna start us off with a pop quiz?
0: Yeah, because I get I get to pop your
1: quiz. <laughs> Oh, it's been so long okay I'm ready for the pop quiz which I'm a little nervous because I didn't study
0: all right first question as our millions of listeners know
1: or maybe <laughs> all ten of them
0: all ten of them um, no um, you live in New York City so I thought it would be fun to ask you what's the weirdest thing you have found lying on the ground you know side of the road whatever and Please don't let it be too gross. I can't handle
1: gross. It's not gross, and I immediately have an answer. Oh, good. What is it? I was walking home, maybe from the store from work, and this was in my neighborhood. And on the sidewalk near the projects, (laughs) I cannot make this up. I have a photo for proof. I saw no one around, and on the ground, on the sidewalk, was a plate of spaghetti.
0: You mean like a... Like a restaurant plate of spaghetti?
1: No, like someone had a plate of spaghetti and just left it there on the side. Like Lady and the Tramp got chased out. I don't know. There's a whole, like it was girl down. I don't know what happened, but it was, there was no utensils, just a plate of spaghetti. It left so many questions for me.
0: Yeah, you know, our, our uh, podcast intern is a writer. So maybe I should tell her and she could do a whole short story. <gasps> this is a brilliant idea. Okay, she can write a whole short story about this abandoned plate of spaghetti. And then she could perform it on the show.
1: Or she could talk about that time I found a guy on the side of the street whose name was Tim and turned out to be an escort. That's <laughs> that's the second strangest thing I found on the street.
0: But he was he like lying on the ground or
1: no i felt really sorry for him he was like drunk and lost because it wasn't his neighborhood and i was walking home from friends and uh i was like oh i can help you find the subway like yeah yeah like i felt sorry like oh you're a little lost a little drunk like a little embarrassed and then as i was walking him to the subway then he was telling me stories and i was like what no you're not going home with me next question
0: Okay. Now this one, I <laughs> okay, I am, I'm moving on. I'll tell you that great long story later. Okay. I'm moving on because I'm going to ask you and I, I don't want you to speak your answer. I want you
1: to sing it.
0: No, I just want you to make this sound <laughs> that would be appropriate. And then I will guess. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> I have a feeling I know what this is going to be.
0: Okay. If you were a farm animal, what would, you, oh,
1: Lord. what
0: would you be? And you're not allowed to tell me. We're, we're just going to all, we're all going to guess.
1: Are you going to do it too?
0: Well, why should I do it? This is your pop. I'm popping your quiz.
1: <laughs> oh my. So, uh, dominant. Okay. Um, Cramp. I never really thought about this. All right. I'll, I'll, okay. First thing pops into my head. Can't believe you're making me do this.
0: (laughs) 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 Okay, that was a chicken.
1: Really, Brenda? What farm did you grow up on?
0: (laughs) I just did that to you, mean. Um, Why? uh, uh, Why would you be a pig?
1: Pigs are surprisingly clean. And they just hang out all day, and sometimes they become, like, a well-fed mascot for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Like, what's not to love? Do you know what? I
0: just saw on Madam Secretary, for some random reason, I was watching that show, and one of them said something about— What a twist! (laughs) (laughs) Someone (laughs) said something about how on Madam Secretary, something was said about how pigs, um, like, out— perform three-year-old human children in cognitive test or something i don't
1: well did you read animal farm that was the other part of my answer when i was mulling it over oh,
0: i of course i did everyone read animal farm but did they or did they watch the cartoon i'm a lot older than you but i don't know that there was a cartoon when i was reading animal farm
1: it's terrible i okay next question next
0: question okay all right who is your biggest fan
1: Who is my biggest fan?
0: Who's your biggest fan?
1: I don't know what that means.
0: Oh, it's like your biggest supporter. You're, you know, no matter what you're doing, they're your biggest cheerleader. Jim. Tell me. Tell me, Dusty. Tell me about
1: Jim. (laughs) Tell, Uh,
0: Tell our listeners who
1: Jim is. Okay, so Jim was one of my teachers in high school, and then when I graduated, we ended up working in the same community theater, and just quickly became friends with, like, a 40-year age difference, but, like, the same person and the different person, uh, you know, almost like the odd couple of, you know, Felix and whatever the messy one's name is. Oscar. That'd be Jim. Yeah, Jim's Oscar. Um, I agree. So, yeah. So, we both taught one another— a lot of things so we have like this whole like brother relationship and uh, father-son relationship and some would say bickering wives at some point because like yeah. we're, we're the only people we've learned in our lives um that we can get really pissed off at and forgive one another he has trouble doing that with anybody and he's had more time than me and it, we're just both that kind of stubborn um but at the same time it's just like it, anything for through my life through you know high school college getting to new york he's always been i mean he is my 2 a.m phone call i think everybody should have a 2 a.m phone call person whether it is i had a couple drinks and i'm walking home things are great or you know Oh, my God, every, something horrible happened, and, you know, you'll be there. So Jim is my biggest cheerleader, and anybody that knows me at this, you know, near that level of closeness knows that's true.
0: Okay. We'll do one more. What's your coffee order, Dusty?
1: My coffee order? We're still pop-quizzing? Okay. Why not? Uh my coffee. uh, Honestly, it would depend on where I go.
0: That's way so complicated. You're not allowed to do that. It's a pop quiz. You got on to me last week on the lightning round.
1: I was going to
0: finish
1: (laughs) and go with what a standard would be. Um, There's one chain place that I'll never get their coffee, Um, even though I appreciate that corporation that's taking over the world. I hate their coffee, and I always get a chai. Um, But if I was going to like a good local, like our Segas and Fayetteville cafe, Ooh. I would totally get a latte, uh, just like a skim latte, small. And here you go, nerd alert, because I worked at a cafe. Um, the bigger you Ooh. get your cup, the more milk you're getting. Right. Not the more coffee. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh, so he, did, you wanna, did you
0: want Did you want to tell the world that?
1: Yeah, I think everybody should know if you go into large corporation, uh, get a giant mega, whatever they want to call those things, you're just getting like two cups of milk and a shot of espresso versus a latte is like a shot or a double shot of espresso and some milk. You, get, you, should get, you should get a small, maybe a medium if you got a long trip, but you should get a small always if you're wanting the caffeine. The other note that i got to tell the world, and this might blow your mind as far as coffee goes, this is why I'm particular about my coffee order. Brenda, if you want more caffeine, what kind of coffee do you get? This is a legit question for you and the world.
0: I feel like you're trying to trick me between the light no, roast a, and the dark roast.
1: Well, yes, it's a real question.
0: If I want less caffeine, I'm going to order dark roast, and if I want more caffeine, I'm going to order ding, light roast. Ding, 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 ding. Winner,
1: winner, chicken dinner.
0: You were just Do you know a lot of thi-
1: well, did, but did you know that already?
0: I think I did because I read about it a lot. I don't know. Okay, more.
1: yeah, good. I just I, I tell people at work this all the time too. I'm like. Dark roast doesn't mean heavier and I'll make this short so we can finish up this long pop quiz which is dark roast means they've cooked the coffee beans longer which means they've cooked more caffeine out so decaf coffee is basically charcoal and if you want higher coffee caffeine content you have a light roast which so has been lightly cooked and it still has all the caffeine in there
0: Do you know I don't I mean I think I knew the right answer but I didn't know why
1: there you go. Shooting star and rainbow, the more you know. <laughs> okay,
0: I'll just tell this one funny story about my brother Glenn. I guess I talk about him a lot. But my brother Glenn goes to a coffee shop where they the size is one of the the largest sizes called Venti. And uh,
1: <laughs> I wonder where that could be. Yeah. We're not I go into that same establishment. I always go, I need a medium.
0: Okay, so he, my sister-in-law um, texted him. She was driving through this establishment. And his standard order is he gets what's called a venti black eye, which apparently means two shots of espresso and wants them to leave like an inch of or pour in about an inch of cream. So he doesn't he didn't pay attention to his autocorrect. So he sent her a text and said, "Here's my coffee order. I want a black guy with an inch of cream."
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she, she she texted back, "Black guy question mark (laughs) (laughs) okay dusty i'm so excited it's time for the big q
1: and i'm so nervous for the big q what's the big q this week brenda
0: the big q is are we ready to be seen
1: Yeah, just and let, just let yeah. that. Yeah,
0: just let that sink in for a minute. Are we ready to be seen?
1: Because, uh, yeah, that's a big, bold question, and I'm not fully sure I understand the question.
0: Okay, all right. So um,
1: let's start, and we'll explore.
0: Well, it's such a complicated question that, yeah, but it, it, because we all, when I say we all, but it's like we're all on social media. We're all doing all this stuff. It's a very, Mm. and I don't necessarily want to talk about social media, but.
1: Relevant to the question, I think. Go on.
0: But I'm talking about, are we truly ready to be seen? Because signing on to do this podcast means whether we know it or not, people are going to see us.
1: Well, my contrary statement is they're going to
0: hear us, well. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, I know what you're saying.
0: They're going to see us. It's equivalent to standing naked in front of everybody because it's in our voice inflection. It's in our references. It's in what we laugh at and what we think is funny. It's in what we choose to share that we think is serious and matters. We are bearing ourselves To the world through this podcast. I mean, did you know that? Did I mean? Do you fully? Did you fully know that?
1: When we signed up for it, I didn't. But as we started experimenting and getting into it, and realizing that our deep talks were going to be shared, yeah. So, So
0: you know, I've talked about this podcast for a long time, and. I wanted to do it. And even when we talked about doing it, I think I'm kind of like you in that I wasn't sure exactly what it was going to be, not realizing, um, I mean, I wanted it to be some serious stuff and some funny stuff. And, but I, I wasn't focusing on this is where I'm finally going to say it. You know, I don't want to sound, I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody, but it's like, I'm coming out. And I don't mean that in a reference. I was it's...
1: just about to say that for you. No, I was okay. just about to say it for you. And coming out, that that doesn't offend any, I was going to say that for you. Um, no, everybody yeah. comes out in their own ways. That's what people don't understand. Um,
0: yeah, and, so and, and... I guess
1: in that sense, do you think that there's a greater sense of you coming out that you've been, well, that's part of coming out is like, this is a part of me that not the rest of the world knows. Maybe some people know, but not the rest of the world knows. That's one side. Is there a particular part of you that you feel like you're coming out about? I think
0: it's, I'm just going to stop pretending. And by that, I mean, I am really good at being who I need to be in whatever situation i am in and i'm i'm very good at not at not at being politically correct and i don't mean in the political correctness of today's world but i'm talking about trying not to offend um trying to play a part and i've been on this journey for a long time of where i just want to be who i really really am and you know what, Dusty? I think a lot of it comes back to letting go of the fear of people not liking you.
1: Mm, I think that's, mm, I think that's mm, where a lot of mm, it goes, mm. you know,
0: just saying, this is what mm-hmm. I'm going to be. That's yes, my I'm, little I'm,
1: Southern woman.
0: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and... I think that's what a lot of it is. And it's and it's me showing up. Like, for example, let me give you an example of something I did or said that I never would have said before. Because I'm trying to live this life of integrity. And can I tell you what I mean by that? Um, okay, you, you wouldn't let me do math in the pop quiz, so I'm going to do math for you now. Okay?
1: Oh, God. When you, I... <laughs> Keep it simple.
0: No, you please can use do analogies. It,
1: apples, oranges. I oh no, <laughs> no, no. Okay,
0: you can. I need a spreadsheet
1: and a graphic calculator. Uh, yeah, I'm more exactly. paranoid about this than I was a pop quiz. Okay, go ahead. A
0: whole integer. If you think of math, an integer, an integer is a whole number. So, and
1: <sighs> yeah, what you sorry, it just yeah, started. So it's like you brought back a math number that I barely passed that class.
0: Okay. an integer is a whole number and if you are being a whole person okay here's Mm. how you think of it we all know people that are what we call two-faced right they're one person in this situation and a different person in in another situation so they're not whole okay this is where we agree
1: disagree but keep going
0: so they you're just gonna have to hold it for a while so They're one person, you know, like the two faced, whatever kind of concept. And, you know, a whole person, they're the same in every situation. Now, I'm not going to be hopefully not offensive in any situation, but I'm also not going to hide. I'm not going to hide and try to be a different person that I think you're going to like better. So I'm going to be the same person showing up in every situation. So let me tell you how radical that looks for me, because it's not very radical, probably for most people. But for example, I was at someone's home um, just a little bit ago, a month or so ago, and they said to me, "Um, so what are you giving up for Lent? And the old person in me would have, I don't know that I would have lied or made something up. But I would have kind of him hawed around whatever, but but the new me just said, you know, I'm not into organized religion, so really nothing, and left it at that. Now, I know that that probably doesn't seem radical to you, but to me, that was me being the same person in both situations. I was, you know, I'm just being the same person, and I'm being authentic. And that's who I am. And I that's see, how
1: I view yeah, this. I see where we are now. <laughs> um, I wanted, I, no, no, I, I, that, that, that totally helped. And it's like, I have two things to say, which is one, I wanted to tell you earlier about like how we're all like a multi sided roll a die and we're still that same die. There's just different sides to it. Um, that's your, your business mood, your DMV mood. You're not fake. You're who you are. You're just how your situation um but what you're saying is you're coming out is to not be a people pleaser yeah so i'm gonna tell you this about me as a gay man because I mean, this is your coming out as it all totally makes more sense to me now so your coming out is i'm not gonna people please i'm not gonna play the role you're not gonna put on a costume but you're still going to put on your hats when you need your hat mode. That's your face showing, is what I'm saying. When you put on a, like you're like, I'm in business mode hat, I'm in artist mode hat, I'm in mom mode hat. Those are your different things. You're still the same person. That's just what your focus is in that moment. Now, people who put on masks are fake. And they're putting on a show in that moment, but someone that puts on a hat is the same person that says, I'm in charge, or they say, I'm not in charge. I didn't want to put the, you and I have done that before. i like, I don't want to be held responsible. I'm putting on the, you know, backstage hand hat. So what I'll tell you this, that, that might help make a little bit of sense and I'm going to make the best I can of it. So, you know, I don't have a real coming out story,
0: you- right? Oh, wait, right? no, I did not know this.
1: I have a what real coming mean? out story.
0: You don't? What is it? Wait a second. What is a real coming out story? Because I kind of have a real coming out story in wanting to be seen as who I really am. And I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it through a Facebook post about my friend, Tina, who I found out had cancer last May. And by October, she was gone. And when I went to her funeral, The Tina that was eulogized, the Tina that was celebrated at that service was a really nice person, but it wasn't the real Tina because Tina apparently was wearing almost like a suit of armor, pretending to be somebody different. And it was like, I do not want to be that person. I want to be seen. And so I did this Facebook post about where I basically eulogized. I didn't know that's what I was doing, but it's the first time I've ever written like that on Facebook and i did it so that people could see the real tina and that and it was the response to that that got me brave enough well, to start writing my blog so that i could be seen that's, that's my coming out story
1: that was the chink of armor uh, that you knew you saw her achilles heel and she was vulnerable to share that with you um When she was on guard all the time for whatever her reason may have been, and that's what other people saw. Is that a fair thing to say for someone I don't know? I don't mean to be offensive by that. That was just me gathering. No, that's
0: fine. No, I totally, no, no, no. I understand what you're trying to do. That's a little bit simplified. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I, I mean, I've been to a lot of funerals where maybe they just didn't know the people that well. I'm telling you, Uh these people were around her every single day and didn't know her. They did not know her, but she, but she let them think they did, because she was showing this this certain side of her. And I, and what I'm just saying to you is is that the real Tina needed to be seen, and they they only saw little bits of her. I probably didn't even see all of her, but I saw a lot more of it.
1: You saw parts that you saw parts that were not seen by others, and that was. That that side of the multi-sided die of Tina that not many people saw, and you were fortunate enough for her to share that with you.
0: Yeah, no, it does, and I'm just saying
1: you want your life to be where every day when you—this is a weird analogy—every day when you roll, you're going to see all the sides that die. That's what you're saying. You have multiple sides, believe it or not. We all do. You're not yeah. just—you're not just, you're not just I, a flat see, face, one D. Yeah, I. Th- You're not a one D line. Dusty,
0: we're just You're using. I think we're just using different analogies, terminology, and okay. probably trying. Yeah, um, I think okay. we're. I think we're trying to um, say the same thing. But what? Let me say it the way I want to say okay. it, which is. I do not want. To continue to not, be seen for who I really am deep down. Yeah. So what I'm doing is, I'm, because of Tina. I'm putting it out in writing, and I'm, and I'm doing this podcast because I want I don't want to go to my grave and people not know who I am, really, and be sitting over there thinking I'm giving something up for Lent because I'm not.
1: Right. This is what I want to tell you where I think our, our point of view of this differs but comes right along. Uh, so I'm going to tell you my side of this as far as the coming out thing goes. Um, I, I know, you know, many a gay man, um, not that you're a fruit fly or anything, but I know yeah, so but many, you, you know, many you've yeah, you've had, <laughs> I think you've told me like you've, and I've had this happen to me too. Like, you know, a lot of people like I'm coming out to you. Stories. I didn't come out to yeah. you first, but you know what I mean? Like, um, is that right? Have you, you had several men come out to you before or women? Yeah. Not to be yes. discriminatory. Yeah.
0: Oh, just, so, just men. um, no. well, no, maybe so, women too. Yeah. Yes, I yeah, have. So,
1: yes. so, so my story is I didn't come out to anyone. They had to tell me.
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like, Oh gee, damn, that makes sense. Wait, I've got to have details. Kind of sort of details. Oh, I had suppressed it so much that I didn't realize that part. Now here's what I want to say, which is my point in the story, the coming out thing, the biggest one. Um, I many gay men when they're around their family act differently, they, they go into a deeper voice, they dress a little differently, they kind of butch it out. So, for me, who was oblivious that I was gay, I didn't have to change anything, I was just always that way. The only difference was I didn't talk about my dating life, that's the only thing, and I never had to be careful about that because I'll tell you, man or woman. I would never want to discuss my sex life with my mother. (laughs) Oh, just, yeah. Like, yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, so that's why that was never of topic. Um, and you know, as you talked about before of like the, the justification being growing up in the South was, well, he's just creative or he's just so theatrical. Well, he's an interior designer. He's so creative and artistic. Um, So I'll tell you when my mom and I had the conversation that I never thought would happen Um, because I was afraid of her being hurt by it because my mom, as you know, is my grandmother that adopted me. Um, So what happened was in 2016... The Pulse nightclub shooting, and I was very upset about that because I knew about it before it hit national headlines. Um, it was my first gay bar, and um, went there a couple times with friends because I was just new to this. Um, so when I woke up that morning and those friends I'm still on Facebook with were posting, where is everybody? Is everybody okay? Please let me know. I was going, oh my God, what happened? What's going on? And was frantically trying to find the news for something to happen. And then an hour later, it was all over the news. (sighs) And it was really hard for me. One, not only because it was my first gay bar. Yeah, I worked at a gay bar. That's a safe place where you can be seen where you can be yourself and you're not hiding for anybody, gay, straight, whatever, everybody's comfortable there. So a couple days later, after it had been on the headlines, I was talking to my mom and I was like angry, upset about what was going on in the headlines and everything. And my mom and I were talking and she kind of had that like live and let live mentality and I' I directed the Laramie Project years ago before right before I found out that I was gay. Um, and she told me, I don't know if you remember this, Brenda, there was a woman whose name I cannot remember. I think her name was Christine. Her son and his fiance were, were shot and killed in the club. And she spent a day and a half looking for her son, Chris. Uh, She spoke at the Democratic National Convention, and I told my mom on the phone, like, I'm just so, I was getting angry, really angry, and not at her, just at the topic, and I don't normally do that when I talk to her. And my mom just said, Dusty, I know you're gay.
0: Oh. And. Oh, Dusty.
1: I felt to my knees. Because my world collapsed, because I was trying to protect her from that. And by being who I am, not hiding it, just avoiding the topic. And she said, I know you're gay. And I was just on my knees in my room saying, I'm sorry, I, I didn't choose this. It's not what I wanted to be, and I didn't want you to find out so that it would hurt you. And she said, it doesn't matter. I love you no matter what. It doesn't change who you are. What a gift.
0: A second gift, huh? I mean, she'd already adopted you. I mean, she just keeps giving the gift over and over to you, Dusty.
1: Yeah, and she's, I mean, she's had a different upbringing, and we debated the topic for years of me researching the Bible and my journey, and to my surprise, not only was I dancing around it, but she was waiting for me to be the one to bring it up, and she's the one that outed me. And you
0: know... You know what, Dusty, and I think you've answered my final question on this that I was going to ask of you and ask of me as we, you know, are putting this out there. Are you ready to be fully seen?
1: I'm already seen, and I think you might be on that journey as well. That you're not hiding, Brenda. You're not hiding. You haven't been hiding. The only person you've been hiding from is yourself.
0: I have this great picture of Tina that I look at almost every day. And when I write a blog post or when I do photography, when I think about doing this podcast, I look at Tina and I say, I'm doing it, Tina. I'm ready to be seen. Okay. We are moving on to, I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me, which I say in an upbeat tone. I know. I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me. Like, oh, how cool that I know that now.
1: Okay. Remember how you said you weren't Melanie? I am um, not Melanie. Olivia De Havilland is 101 years old and she is suing Hollywood right now.
0: Why? Do you know this?
1: No, I did not know this. Okay, so Wait a you minute. know the episode?
0: Is Scarlet dead?
1: What? Is
0: Scarlett dead? The actress that plays Scarlet is she. Yeah, dead? Vivian
1: Lee Vivian Vivian Lee Yeah, Vivian Lee died a long time ago. Before I tell my story, who are you from Gommouth Wind?
0: Dusty, I've only seen it like twice in my entire life. I don't know. Maybe I'm a horse on the farm. I don't know what I am, but I'm not Scarlett, and I'm not. Oh I don't know, and God. I don't know nothing about birth and babies. You're That's not true. Mammy. I don't know who I am, but I, I, but I know who I'm not. So there you go. Maybe I'm okay, Scarlett's mother. What's so, her name? I don't know. Okay, what dad? Oh. <laughs>
1: She dies in like the first act. You can do that.
0: <laughs> okay, that I'm dead. Okay. What?
1: She has like two lines. Okay, so Olivia Hallivan, who played Miss Melanie, that I joke about with you all the time, she is 101 years old. And so, did you watch? And if you didn't, you put it on your damn list. Okay. Feud last year. Oh the no! Betty Davis, Joan of, course story? of course I did.
0: Of course I did. Of course I did. I wanna be
1: okay, so, yeah, I wanna be Betty Davis. There we go. Okay, go on. Um, oh, I'm a team Betty too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like I have my things for Joan, but Team mm-mm, Betty mm-mm. all day, that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm an Aries, she's an Aries, we're there. So Olivia Hallivan has recently filed a lawsuit against Ryan Murphy and feud for her portrayal because for some reason they forgot she was alive. At 101. And they put words in her mouth and did her portrayal using Catherine Zeta-Jones.
0: Who did, I thought, did a great job. But I don't really know what she was like.
1: Yes. But the thing is, is the lines they said for the quotes for her portrayal, if someone's Uh, alive, uh, you have to ask their permission to do those things. And they were putting words in her mouth that she did not say.
0: Oh, well.
1: And so she's suing them. Because one of them is uh, she was estranged from her sister. Joan, or Joan Fontaine, maybe I'm uh, redact that. Anyway, her sister, um, and and the feud referred to her as a bitch, and <laughs> Olivia De Havilland said, "I know." Olivia De Havilland said uh, it was Dragon Lady that she said, and the writers said, "Well, we don't think the modern audience would have taken as a big gasp, but Dragon Lady as bitch."
0: Oh, which so, I go, yeah,
1: come on. And that's just one part of it. The biggest part is you're portraying me as a character on your show, and you did not ask my permission.
0: Poor Olivia. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna wrap that one up and say, I didn't ask Dusty, but genuinely, thank you for telling me.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. The more you learn, <laughs> okay, Brandon, I didn't ask, but uh, thanks for telling me. What do you got to tell me that I didn't ask you about? Um, well, I
0: I guess since I'm being a seen, a big deep thought you have sometimes. I I do. I do. I, I since I'm being seen, I'm just going to keep coming clean and just admit to everybody that um that I read self-help books all the time. All the time. I don't Okay, really this call is them... a
1: confessions. This is Well, I just wanted this to is tell like you it's like a so conversation.
0: So I was just, I am giving you a recommendation. So I was going to give you some of my favorite ones. And, but I did think it was interesting that someone who read my blog where I said something like that, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit I read self-help books. Um, they actually said to me, they could not believe I wrote that and put that out there in the public. And I was like, well, yep, I did. Two of my favorite authors are Elizabeth Gilbert and Martha Beck. And I was just going to, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote Eat, Pray, Love. I guess that's a self-help book masquerading as a, I don't know, middle-aged woman, kind of like me, coming of age, whatever. But I was just going to tell you, I'm going to go get to see them in a couple of weeks. I'm going to go to a a retreat and Liz Gilbert and Martha Beck are going to be hanging out. I'm going to hang out with them. So that's what I wanted to tell you. Because I knew you'd be so excited for me.
1: Because you're going to eat pasta?
0: Well, (laughs) if they give me pasta, I'm going to eat it. Yeah, it includes meals, Dusty.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me that you're going to eat some pasta with famous people. It's nice.
0: (laughs) That is not quite what I said. But um, I'm kind of wanting to get off this phone call with you tonight. So I'm going to go with that. So... uh,
1: Oh, yeah. Love you too. Um, so I'll end the, with a the goodbye then. I'll do the goodbye since you've the first from half.
0: The okay. hills from the hills of Northwest Arkansas.
1: Now, now, now. Do you know what? No.
0: It's like I'm going to make fetch happen.
1: Now, now, now. This has
0: been I'm Afraid no. to Ask, co hosted no. by Dusty Westfall and Brenda Yelvington. Random noises within the podcast provided by Onyx, Dusty's dog. Edited by Brenda. Theme music by Brenda and performed by me, the podcast intern. Find them on Instagram at I'm Afraid to Ask. Hey,
1: everyone. Thanks for sticking around. We just have a few quick notes. Um, just as a reminder, this is a phone call that you're listening to, not a scripted show. And this episode hit some emotional points. And after listening, I would like to correct myself from what was said in a moment of emotion. Christine Leonine was mentioned because in that conversation with my mother, my mom said uh, that she did not want to be that woman on TV looking for her son. And her heart ached for that woman. And she wanted us to be completely honest with each other. That woman was Christine, mother of Christopher Drew Leaning, or Leonine, pardon me if I'm enunciating that incorrectly, but he went by Drew, not Chris, and died that night alongside his fiancée, Juan Guerrero. We will not forget the 49 that were lost that night, nor the survivors. We will not hide. We will not be afraid but we will keep dancing.
0: Also, this episode is dedicated to my beautiful friend, Tina. I'll see you on the other side.